Hi everyone, how are you doing? Who's been on holiday recently? A few people? Excellent, I hope you had a good time. I've been on holiday, I'm going to do that really annoying thing that teachers do and they say, oh, I've just really enjoyed my five week holiday. But for the first time today, I actually thought, I don't know if there's any other teachers here that actually have got to this point yet, the first time I thought I'm looking forward to going back to school. Anybody else? Vanessa's shaking her head. No, no way. (laughs) Um, So as such, because I got excited about school, um, we're going to start with a bit of a history lesson. I hope that's okay, because I'm going to talk from Nehemiah. So um, if we could just start with the map, that would be amazing. Um, There it is. Okay, so uh, Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah is... um, about kind of 500 years before the birth of Christ, okay? So rewind before Jesus. And around about the year kind of 600 BC, the Jews had been in captivity for quite a long time under the Babylonians. And around about the year 550 BC, um, the Babylonians actually kind of let them go and said that they could go to Jerusalem and they could rebuild their city, okay? So Jerusalem is just going to flash, I think, with a little yellow box. There it is, okay? So the Jews could go back to Jerusalem and begin rebuilding their city, which was their homeland that they hadn't been allowed to be in for quite a long time. But only a few years after that, um, the city became under siege again, and the walls were broken down. City walls, the walls that protected the Jews. And at the time, this man, Nehemiah, was living in a place called Susa, which is just east there of Jerusalem, and he was working for the Persian king. And when Nehemiah heard that the city of Jerusalem's walls had been torn down, he felt that it was his job to go and build those walls again. He felt that God was sending him to go and do that. So he spoke very nicely, I imagine, to the king of Persia, whom he was serving, and said, please can you release me to go to Jerusalem, for I feel that this is what I need to do. So Chris talked last week from Nehemiah 3, um, and that was basically um, a talk about all the people that Nehemiah got to rebuild these walls. And Chris talked a bit about kind of unity and then building this wall together as a team. And this week, I'm going to talk about Nehemiah 4, the next chapter, where the people have been building the wall for quite a while, and then they begin to get really discouraged. Okay, this talk's going to be largely looking at discouragement and what Nehemiah can teach us about dealing with it. So before we go on, maybe it would be worth answering the question, why are the Jews so bothered about the wall in the first place? Like, we don't have a wall around our city. Why is it so important to them that they need to rebuild it? But if you think about it in context, they've been in captivity for so long, they haven't had a space of their own. And so for them, protecting themselves with this wall is really important for making them feel established and safe from any enemies. That's okay? Chill. That's all right. Don't worry. Don't worry. (laughs) So, um, are we going to read the passage? Okay, so it's going to be on the screen, and I'm going to read through it. Now, I've colored some of the words here. So, um, when it's red, that's when the enemies of the Jews are criticizing them. And when it's green, this is when the Jews are speaking. Okay? So... 
When Sambalat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became very angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews, and in the presence of his associates and the army of Samaria, he said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, What are they building? Even a fox climbing up on it would break down their walls of stones. Hear us, our God, for we are despised, said the Jews. Turn their insults back on their own heads. Give them over as plunder in a land of captivity. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sins from your sight, for they have thrown insults in the face of the builders. So he rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, and the people of Ashdod heard that the repairs to Jerusalem's walls had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed, they were very angry. They all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there is so much rubble that we can't rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there amongst them and we'll kill them and put an end to their work. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I, this is Nehemiah, stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When our enemies heard that we were aware of their plot and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to our own work. From that day on, half of my men did the work, while the other half were equipped with spears, shields, bows, and armor. The officers posted themselves behind all the people of Judah who were building the wall. Those who carried materials did their work with one hand and held a weapon in the other. And each of the builders wore his sword at his side as he worked. But the man who sounded the trumpet stayed with me. I love that bit. The man who sounded the trumpet, he's with me. <laughs> then I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is extensive and spread out, and we are widely separated from each other along the wall. Wherever you hear the sound of the trumpet, join us there. Our God will fight for us. So we continued the work with half of the men holding spears from the first light, till dawn, first light of dawn till the stars came out. At that time, I also said to the people, have every man and his helper stay inside Jerusalem at night so they can serve us as guards by night and as workers by day. Neither I, nor my brothers, nor my men, nor the guards with me took off our clothes. Each had his weapon, even when he went for water. So, as I said, the principal thing I want to talk about this evening is discouragement, because I think in here, the Jews get really discouraged about their building. And you could argue that in this case, and in the case of many Christians in the world today, actually, it's stronger than that. They face persecution. But I'm not really sure that in the UK, we are persecuted as Christians. I think what we are, more often than not, is really, really discouraged. 
So let's go back right to the beginning. In the text, it talks about this man called Sanballat. And Sanballat's name means strength, okay? This is an artist's impression of Sanballat on the left. And Sanballat looks like a nasty kind of chap, has this kind of chubby sidekick called Tobiah. And they see it as their role to mock the Jews in building the wall. Now, follow it with me if you've got your Bible, okay? What does Sambalat do to undermine the Jews? So, in verse 1, he ridicules them. In verse 2, it's quite harsh, he calls them feeble. In verse 2, again, he says, I wonder if you will ever finish the job. And then I love this bit. As if this is the worst curse he could ever think of, Tobiah, the chubby sidekick, says, Ha! And if a fox walked on your wall, it would knock it down. How about that for a curse? If a fox walks on it, it will knock your wall down. So you can imagine the Jews trying to rebuild this wall and just receiving this onslaught of criticism. But this is nothing really new. In the books of the Bible before Nehemiah, the Jews are taunted and mocked a lot. In the books after this, the same happens. In the New Testament, Jesus and the early church face a lot of opposition, don't they? The stonings, imprisonments, beheading, crucifixion. It seems to me that all the great men and women of God in the Bible are opposed in some way. So if this is part of the story of our faith and has been throughout time, how do we deal with it? Well, if you look, you can see quite clearly how the Jews respond. The first thing they do is they pray. Verse 4. Hear us, O God, for we are despised. Hear us, God. Can you hear what's going on here? We're being despised. Help us out. But they don't dwell on their prayers. They then just keep going because by their six, they've started building again. So we rebuilt the wall till it reached half of its height. It's almost as though Nehemiah says, there's no time for discouragement. You need to pray and then you need to keep going with what God has told us to do. I want to give you another example from the New Testament where you can see exactly the same thing happening. In Acts 4, you'll remember the story of Peter and John, who are some of the earliest apostles. And they're trying to spread the news of Jesus. And so the first thing they do in Acts 4 is they they preach the gospel. And as soon as they start to preach it, they get captured and then they get imprisoned. And when they're in prison, they pray. And then they get released. And the day after they get released, they start preaching the gospel again. It's exactly the same cycle that Nehemiah and the Jews are experiencing. They're serving God. They're doing what God wants them to do. They're facing opposition and discouragement. So they pray and then they just keep going. And the example I said there from Acts is just one example of where this thing happens again and again and again in the Bible. In postmodern Britain, as I said, opposition to our faith is not going to get us landed in prison. We're really blessed that that isn't the case. But I think what we do face a lot of is a lot of cynicism. And actually what has discouraged me most in my faith 
is that lots of people don't seem very interested in Christianity. Society's lack of interest in our faith can be the thing that discourages us the most. Sambalat's words are quite aggressive towards the Jews. No one has ever spoken to me aggressively about my faith. But quite a lot of people have said to me, that's fine, you believe that, but I'm going to believe this. And don't you try and convince me that what you believe is something that is true for me. It's not that aggressive, it's quite reasonable, but it is really, really discouraging. And when that happens, when you feel discouraged, you then often begin to doubt, or at least I do. Because I begin to think, well, maybe then it isn't true. If so few people are not really interested, maybe this isn't truth. What if I've got it all wrong? And this is quite dangerous link, I think, between feeling discouraged and then feeling doubt. So what does Nehemiah do about discouragement and doubt? Well, like I said, the Jews just kind of keep going and they keep building the wall. But then Sambalat and Tobiah and the crew then get really angry. And in verse 7, they begin to say, it begins to talk about them plotting together to undermine the Jews. They're actually going to now start attacking the Jews as they're building the wall. So Nehemiah does the same thing, and they pray. Verse 9, we pray to our God, and we posted a guard day and night. So there's two prongs to their approach. Firstly, they pray, which is spiritual, and then they get some guards, which is practical. Praying is really, really important whenever you feel discouraged, but I want to talk briefly about the second one. The second response from Nehemiah is really practical. He got some guards to protect the Jews as they built the wall. And similarly for us, we can pray about discouragement, but sometimes we also need to get some guards. And what I mean by that is sometimes when we're discouraged, you need to talk to someone. You need to ask another Christian maybe for some advice. You need to ask other people to pray for your situation. The practical is as important as the spiritual. I was reading Ecclesiastes last week again, and I was really struck by that verse where it says, two are better than one. If either of them falls down, the other one can pull them up. No one can help you up if they don't know how you're feeling. No one can encourage you if they don't know that you feel discouraged. You need to tell someone if that's how you feel, because that's what our community is for. Getting some guards, I would argue, is as important as praying. Because if you don't do that, like I said, there's this really dangerous link between feeling discouraged and then feeling doubt. And you see it right here in Nehemiah, okay? The Jews begin to think that they're not going to finish the war. In verse 10, they say, look, there's so much rubble in the way. How can we build it? There's rubble. We can't do it anymore. And they start complaining to Nehemiah. In verse 12, other Jews who aren't even the builders come over to them and say, yeah, they're going to attack you when you're building the wall. It's not going to work. And all this doubt starts to kind of come into the equation Just hold that thought. 
and I want you to watch this quite short film clip from one of my favourite movies. It's a historical movie, you might have guessed. It's about Elizabeth I, and um, she's speaking to the army, her English army, on the day that the Spanish Armada is about to sail to England. I'm not sure it went quite like that, but I like to think that it did, um, because it makes it more interesting, and also it makes history lessons a whole lot better if you show it like that. But um, (laughs) anyway, so... There are accounts that say that on the eve of the Spanish Armada, there was loads of people in the English army that thought that they were going to get completely smashed. And you can imagine why, because this huge fleet of Spanish ships kind of sails to the south coast, and all these soldiers are standing there, and they're thinking, there is no way that we're going to be able to ward off these Spanish attackers. And Elizabeth comes out, and she kind of rouses her army, and she says, we will be able to do it and um, kind of encourages them. And in verse 14, Nehemiah has his, like, Elizabeth moment. I don't know, maybe he even had a white horse again in my head. Maybe he does. So in verse 14, Nehemiah comes out when the Jews are feeling really discouraged and feeling as though they're not going to be able to rebuild the wall. And he says to them, Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your people. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your people. And crucially, in both of these examples, the Elizabeth one and the Nehemiah one, gathering together to listen to their leader and to be in community is the thing that encourages both the soldiers and encourages the Jews to keep going and to abandon their doubt. For me, this speaks volumes to us. To those who say, I don't need to go to church, or I don't need to be in a home group, or I don't really need to be in a Christian community, beware of discouragement and doubt. Because I think that often when you try and go solo, those are the moments when you get most discouraged. Those are the moments when you sense most doubt. Because This, here, in community, is the place where you can be reminded weekly of God's power and God's purpose for your life. And you can leave here feeling encouraged. And Nehemiah gathers the people together and encourages them and reminds them of what God wants them to do. And exactly the same goes for us. Because from this point onwards, from Nehemiah's speech, there's like a turning point. And the people kind of get really enthused again, and they build really, really fast and tirelessly on the wall. And they've got these guards standing there protecting them, and they're praying, and they feel re-inspired that actually they might be able to finish the wall. Praying and coming together and listening to their leader has spurred them on. Just quickly, I want to go back to the title of this sermon The title of the sermon is Not Everyone Likes It. Not everyone liked the fact that Nehemiah was rebuilding the wall. And it won't be news to you that some people don't like Christianity. Probably didn't surprise you that quite a lot of people opposed Nehemiah's wall building. And it's probably been part of your experience in the past, or maybe it's part of your experience now, that you have been discouraged in your faith. 
Maybe someone's mocked you or maybe somebody's been really cynical about what you believe. Or as I said, maybe you just know a lot of people that don't really take any interest in your faith. But I really believe that everybody has a wall to build. A thing that God has given them to do. And if that's true, then you kind of have a choice about what you're going to do about that wall. The Jews could have just stopped halfway. At one point, it looks like they're going to do that. You could stop building your wall, that thing that God's laid on your heart to do, and you could just leave it unfinished. Or you could keep praying, and you could keep building, and you could keep chasing that thing that God wants you to do. Now, it might be that you're sitting here, and you know that there's something big or small, that God has asked you to do, but you kind of feel really discouraged about it. Maybe you feel like there's a particular job you need to do or a particular project in church or out of church that you need to be a part of. Maybe you feel like you need to give money to something or you need to forgive somebody or offer hospitality to somebody. Maybe you feel like you need to teach the Bible to others or you need to keep loving that friend that just keeps really winding you up. I don't know, whatever it is that you feel God has sent you to do, a wall that you have to build, but actually you feel really discouraged about doing it. But Nehemiah 4 says you need to keep praying and you need to keep doing it. In just a moment, we're going to have a time of response and we're going to do something a little bit different to usual. You will have noticed when you came into church this evening that around the church there are brick-shaped pieces of paper and pen. And what we're going to do in just a moment is I'd like you to think of something that you feel God has asked you to do. And I'd like you, if it's okay, to write it on your brick. And then as a sign of our community and the fact that we're in this together... I'd really like you to come and help me build a wall because my brick is here. I did mine before and it would be really lonely (laughs) if it was on its own there at the bottom. I'll tell you what mine says. Mine says, God, help me to listen properly to people at my work and to remember to pray for them. Because I really think that God has told me to do that. That's the little wall that I have to build. But so often I get really tired and really discouraged. And the act of you coming up here and adding it onto our wall is like you're praying into this thing. I'm praying into it. God, help me to keep listening to people. Help me to remember to pray for them. So we're just going to have a moment of quiet. I'm going to pray. And during that, if the band could come up, that would be great. And I'd just like you to think, you don't need to rush it. I'd like you to think of what that thing might be. And if you haven't got a piece of paper, just maybe go along the rows. You'll definitely find one there. Come, Holy Spirit.
Lord, I thank you for the things that you have laid on each of our hearts that you want us to do, the walls that you want us to build. Thank you, Lord, for those things that we knew had been laid there before we came into church this evening. But Lord, I also thank you for maybe new things that have been laid on our hearts just this evening. Help us, Lord, in our moments of discouragement when we think that what it is that you've asked us to do is too difficult. Remind us, Lord, of those simple things that Nehemiah did to pray, to get some guards, and to keep going. Should we stand together? Spirit, remind us of what the war we're to build is. Whenever you're ready, come forward. Stick your brick on the wall. Maybe for some of you, uh, in doing that, you recognize, actually, this is a real challenge. And you need more of God's spirit. You need uh, more courage. And we would love to pray for you. If that's the case, when you've, when you've uh, stuck your brick to the wall, uh, stay around at the front. The ministry team, if you could come forward, We'd love to pray for you. Pray for God's courage in your life. Pray for God's power uh, to witness, to pray, to, uh, to bring life and, and the kingdom to others. And as we come forward, let's, uh, let's sing together uh, and do it all in the context of worship. <laughs>